Good morning, profitable personal trainers. It's David here from Velocity. I hope you're all well. Um, welcome to another live Q&A. Uh, every Tuesday, this is a new thing that we've we've started for this group. Uh, Craig and I will be going live um, to answer any questions that come up in the group um, or in response to any of the posts that we might put out on a daily basis. Today is just me because my partner in crime, Craig, is actually on holiday for a week. He's off to, uh, he is in Egypt right now where it's 42 degrees, which is crazy, crazy heat. Um, but he's out with his family um, and he's having an amazing time. So that leaves me to take care of the, the live Q&A today. And as you can see in the, in the description of today's session, I'm gonna focus on three uh, core questions that have come up in the last week. One of them is to do with tracking client progress, which I'm gonna spend uh, a little bit of time unpacking. Once we've done that, we're gonna, we're gonna look together at charging for consultations do we or don't we but how fundamentally do we get rid of those time wasters that say they're interested end up booking but actually end up wasting your time so how do we think about that and how can we combat it and then finally if you are a trainer who's actually doing a part-time job alongside your personal training business and that job might be in the gym doing shifts or working as a receptionist or sales person uh, at some degree, or it might be that you're actually doing something totally different, like working at a supermarket in an office, whatever, right? How do we get you out of that and all in on personal training? So that's going to be um, the my focus for the next 15, 20 minutes or so. If you have a question uh, that you'd love to hear a bit, uh, hear me talk about for a bit, please feel free to comment below. Um, and if you if I see it, in um, whilst I'm live, I will answer it here and now. Um, but if I don't, I will get back to you um, as soon as I can later on. So without further ado, let's dive into tracking client progress. Uh, and the question that came in was essentially, how do I track it when you find that some clients are actually struggling to record and log their workouts or whether it's something you're asking your client to do outside the workouts? They're inconsistent, they don't do it, they forget. And it's hard to develop some traction with some of the things that they should be doing outside um, of the session that you have with them on a regular basis. Um, when we know how, how important that, that can be. And what I want you to think about here is why before what, small before big. Why before what, and small before big. Um, what I mean by that, first of all, let's, let's tackle the first half. Why before what? I think um, it's tempting and it's and it's tricky sometimes to um, either skip altogether or assume that um, our clients understand why they're tracking what they're tracking um, to the same level that we understand it. Because as trainers, we're very used to the, uh, the idea of tracking and logging stuff. But I think for if we try for a second to get ourselves into the shoes of a of a typical client. Um, logging and tracking stuff probably isn't going to be second nature to them. And if they've never done it for long enough, they've never truly experienced the benefit of that enlightenment, of that awareness to see what's going on. And also, actually, what we track and being able to tie that to the result that they're chasing is a skill to develop, a, a skill in communication. So I think it's really important to help our clients understand why they're tracking as specifically as possible um, before we dive into what they're actually tracking and the mechanism, whether it's a logbook or some kind of Google sheet or an app, right? That's kind of like the medium 
through which they track, but actually like winding, like kind of moving upstream and asking ourselves, do they really understand? And I think the test that we find really powerful is if you go to your clients and you ask them without prepping them whatsoever, why are we, why are we tracking? Don't give them any clues. Don't set them up. Just ask them, say, I'm curious. Do you, what, what do you think is the reason why we're, we're, we're tracking your workouts or tracking this? And just let them speak and see what they come back with. See how well they can answer the question. Because how well they answer the question will tell you how well they understand the importance of tracking. And I think eight or nine times out of 10, our clients just don't get it. And we've got to go back to fundamentally helping people understand why. There is this model called um, that I've learned called Format, which is um, an amazing tool to help um, coaches and teachers help their clients accelerate their rate of learning. And it's called Format. So four is in the number because there's four stages to it. And the first stage is why. So helping your clients, your students, your, your, your tribe understand why you are doing something. Um, and, and making sure, again, we, we test our, uh, our bias. We just check a bias and we just say, look, ask them, like, why, do, why are we doing this? Why are we lifting weights? Why, why are we focusing on nutrition? Just I'm curious to know what you think and testing that. And then when we get to why, we then need to move to what. What is it that they need to do? Once we've covered what they need to do, that's the specific task and actions that they've got to cover. Then we go to how. The how is the step-by-step -step instructional stuff. This is how you do this. Right? This could be a PDF, it could be a video, it could be an in-person walkthrough. And then finally, it's next. What's the very next step that you've got to take from our re most recent conversation to continue the building of momentum? Why, what, how, next? And those four steps are powerful to remember when you're trying to teach a client something new. The, the, the final part of, of um, tracking client progress and getting clients to better adhere to the stuff that you want them to do is, is to consider how big the task that you set them is. There's a psychologist called BJ Fogg who's devoted his career to client, or not client, people behavior change, human behavior change. And he's devised this model called the behavior change model. There's a product of two things. It's basically um, the thing you're trying to get them to do and it's difficulty or at least perceived difficulty against the motivation that individual has to do it. So you can type, if you type his name on Google, you can read into this thing. It's really cool. It's called the behavior change model and it's BJ Fogg with two Gs. And this guy basically said, it's very simple, but it's so, so fundamental to behavior change that um, if you take a client and you want them to do something that they perceive difficult, and remember, they perceive difficult, it might not be difficult through your eyes, but through theirs, it could be something quite mountainous, right? And then if you take something that's really, really difficult, they're not motivated to do, they don't understand why they need to do it. They, they can't see that this is aligned with what they want to achieve with you. They just don't believe, they don't believe in it or they haven't bought into it. They're not, the, the, the chances that they're going to kickstart and maintain this behavior are extremely low. Whereas on the, on the flip side, if they perceive a task to be very easy, like, oh yeah, I could do that, no problem. And the motivation to do it is very high because they're totally connected with why this is relevant to the, the work they're doing with you. The chances of them starting that behavior are very high. And then of course we have a spectrum. And he basically show, he demonstrates this line on this graph. It's kind of this parabolic curve that shows you that as motivation increases and as difficulty decrease, perceived difficulty decreases, the threshold at which action takes place goes up. 
So really powerful stuff. And if you can better understand this model, you will get better at having clients adhere to the stuff that you want them to log. But remember that why before what? Let's help them understand why we're doing something and test it just to check our, just to check ourselves um, before we do it, we we think about what they actually do. And then when it comes to what, let's start let's start really small or let's chunk down, let's simplify or make that task smaller without judgment that we're asking our clients to do before we can expect them to adhere to something. So there we have it. That's um, a little piece on client progress. Uh, the second part of today's live, I want to touch on charging for consultations. Do you do it? Do you don't? And if you're with me now, with me now, if you want to back on replay, I'd love to hear if you charge for your consults, um, just to get a flavor of where people are at. But this, this question was uh, more about our thoughts on charging, like should I do it, should I not, and what are the ramifications of this? Because, because it is frustrating when you have people waste your time, when you have People that say, yeah, I want to learn. I want to understand what you do. Tell me more about it. They seem really keen, but then they seem to ghost you and just not turn up. And the idea is that if I charge for it, I will only have people who are very serious turn up for the consultations, which is true. It's very true. That is true. And I want to um, talk about the, the idea of flow versus friction. Uh, to define flow for a second for a personal trainer, it's the rate and consistency at which you're generating leads and booking prospects into your calendar. A lead is like someone that you think you might be able to help at some point in the future. Could be a member of your gym, could be a follower online, but ultimately you think, okay, they, they, they kind of tick the boxes and I, they could be a client in the future. Could, not sure yet, because I don't know them too well, but they could. And, and a prospect is someone you, you've actually got an opportunity to physically help. So they're booked in the diary for a consult, for a taster, for an experience, for something where you're gonna actually see them in person and get to, figure out where they're at and whether you can help them or not. So that's a prospect. And um, flow is the rate at which we are generating leads and booking prospects into our diary. If we're doing it consistently and to a, to a good volume, then we have good flow. If you don't, we don't have good flow. Okay, and we've got to, that's what we've got to work on. Now, friction are the relate, um, refers to the steps and the, the things that leads and prospects have to do to get closer to you. Whether it's to have a conversation with you, whether it's to book a session with you, whether it's to sign up and actually buy into your services. The more friction you have, the more filtering has to happen between lead and client, prospect being in the middle, right? So for example, if you charge for consultations, that's a form of friction because it's gonna weed out people who are not absolutely committed to you. So is it a good idea? Yes, but it depends. It depends if your flow's really good. Because if you're inundated with leads and prospects and you just can't fit people in and you've got a waiting list of clients that want to work with you and people that want to come and inquire to, to work with you, charging for consultations could be a good idea to weed the people out that are just there probably to waste your time and grab some free shit off you. However, if you don't yet have flow mastered, then we don't, we don't know or we, don't, we can't afford to weed people out that might actually buy if they had a chance to spend some time with you. Because you and I both know that a lot of people don't truly understand what personal training is and how it can help them because they've never had a good trainer before. They might they might have had, never had a trainer before, in which case they're just going off hearsay or maybe what their best mate said about their local trainer down their local gym. And we just can't base our, the, the, our livelihood on the opinion of Sarah who spoke to Jane about her PT who 
probably wasn't even qualified and didn't take it seriously. And so with, with these people, when we're building up flow and we're building up a, a trickle of leads and prospects into our calendar, um, at least my view is that I want the opportunity to show this individual how I can help them. I want, a, I want an opportunity to ask them questions to figure out where they've been on their journey and where they've got to, what, what's got them to where they are now and what they're doing at the moment in order to achieve the goal that they want. And what is that goal? And how is that going to impact their life? Because once I've, I've drawn all that information out of an individual, then I will be in a position to say, do you know what, I think I can help you. And here's, here's what I think we need to do. Here's what, here are the steps that you've got to take. And here are the challenges that I think you're going to face. But here's how we could overcome them together. And it's amazing. And I'm sure, you know, you, you've probably experienced this, that when someone comes in for some kind of complimentary session and an hour, 90 minutes later, you're so much closer to that individual and they're so much more interested because of that time they've had to spend with you. And if that individual had to pay for the privilege of coming to spend time with you, they might not have had enough confidence to, to impart with 60 quid or 100, whatever the, whatever the number is. And so this is the important thing about flow and friction, understanding how and when to apply friction to your business. Because if you do it too soon, you might actually trip yourself up. But if you do it too late, then you might find yourself overwhelmed and not being able to handle the volume of opportunity that, that you face today. And you know, our job, my job, is to help you understand um, how to time that correctly. Okay, um, so I'm gonna move on to the third and final piece of this Q&A. Um, the third question I had was about, um, there's sort of two parts to this. It was um, the, the micro, micro level, which was what is, what's the next system that I need to build or install in my business in order to me to make progress? But actually the macro view, as in if we zoom out and we look at the bigger picture and we look at how this particular trainer and perhaps you are spending your time in your week from Monday morning to Sunday night and how you distribute your time between all the big things in your life, the big rocks, that actually what, what are the bigger decisions that you haven't made or you, or you are ignoring that will have a huge impact on your ability to make progress in your business? And this particular, this particular trainer is working three days a week in this job that she likes, but isn't, it's not personal training. It's not where ultimately she wants to be. It saps a lot of energy. It's mentally, it's mentally quite challenging. It's a, it can be emotionally quite hard. And that's absorbing and stealing, if you like, energy that you could have otherwise placed towards building your personal training business. But it's hard, right? Because maybe you have to pay your bills. And that this is a job maybe you've been in for a long, a long time. Maybe there are people that are relying on you. And this is the difficult conundrum that we have to face, but fundamentally the one that we, we've got to if we want to go and grow a, an amazing personal training business. And the, 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 I think there's two parts to my answer to, to this conundrum. One is I'm going to go practical and then I'm going to go theory, right? Theory and concept. So the practical bit is, okay, well, if we do want to go full-time on PT, then it's important that we um, do the necessary maths on in the numbers for our brain, our logical brain, so that it can understand how to address the emotional challenge of the thought of leaving that job or lead, like dropping the shifts or exiting and, and handing the notice in, right? That's, that can be an emotionally charged, mentally difficult thing to do. And the way we can tackle that is actually with some logic. And the mathematical logic that we can apply is how, what's the minimum amount of money you need to be making every month to give you enough confidence, just enough to hand the notice in and leave. 
we do the maths on that. And we say, this is the amount of income I need to take home. We then apply a bit of maths to say, cool, well, my business needs to generate this much revenue so that I can afford tax and any expenses. And what's left for me is enough for me to um, pay my bills and get by just for a period of time. All right, because I know that this is a temporary thing. It's just a little hump. It's like a it's like a speed bump in the road. Once I'm over it, it's done. But when I go over it, it can be a bit uncomfortable. All right. And once I do that math I, and I break it down, how many clients am I, how many more clients am I going to need to take on in order to hit that number? And how long would I have to sustain that number to, to give me that confidence required to handle the notice? You do the you do the numbers, you do the number crunching, and you find that you'll feel a bit lighter because now it, you can see. I can I can touch and tangibly like I can understand the size of the task at hand. It's no longer this like you know this big thing, this kind of cloud that hangs over you. It's actually more of a digestible digestible thing. So that's the practical side. That work has to be done. But when it comes to the the conceptual side, I think um, we have to we still have to zoom out and we have to say right, is it my goal? Do I really want to be building a personal training business? that I'm going to be super fucking proud of that is going to serve a lot of people, help people with some credible results and earn me some great money doing something that I love and does not feel like work. If the answer is yes, then what you're going to have to accept is that there'll be, there's going to be a, a phase, a season in your journey coming up where you're going to work really fucking hard, harder probably than you ever have before. Because not only are you going to have to do the job, which might take, let's say, three days in this case for this question that came in, but actually you're gonna to have to work three or four days on top of that. You might have to work every single day of the week for two months, three months, maybe four months, but it's temporary. And this period of stress and deliberate overwhelm, it's the deliberate period of overwhelm. It might feel a bit scary. It might feel a bit daunting, but it's what's required. It's what we need to do in order to move past this um, obstacle, to jump over that hurdle, to navigate the obstacle, to get to the place you want to be, which is fully self-employed and an exclusive owner of an amazing personal training business. Because we just, you cannot do it. Like you can't pretend that three days of work in, another, in, in a total different direction and the, 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 um, the negative impact that has on your energy and your focus towards building the thing. And like, if you're comparing about the trainer, the other trainer that works in your gym or the other trainer that works in your studio or the studio down the road, who is full-time, who has the full week, that they're going to win every day because they've got all week to work on their thing and you've only got half of it. So we're going to have to work our ass off in order to overcome, like get past, get through the season um, and overcome this obstacle so that we can put, get ourselves on a level playing field. Because the great thing is, if you do get through it and you do, um, you do survive, because you will, because you're stronger than you currently believe you are, Trust me with that. It's a, it's a common theme for me in my life of what I've got through in my, my journey, but also the journeys of the coaches that we get to work with. You are stronger than you believe. You're stronger than you know. You're more capable and resilient than you realize. But the only thing that will help you realize it is by going through tough times, coming out the other side and saying, shit, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm good. I can, I can actually take on more than my brain was telling me I could. And once you realize that and you keep going, it's so invigorating. It's so freeing because you realize that the world is your oyster and actually all you just got to keep, all you got to do is just keep moving forward. So I, I really hope that if that, if that is you and there's something that you've been holding on to, maybe it's a job, 
I mean, you could apply this stuff to relationships as well, right? Um, but if it's a job, if it's shifts at the gym, if it's something that you have to do to kind of keep keep the bills, keep keep the lights on, that that, that doesn't have to stay. It certainly doesn't have to stay for as long as you might think it does. So I'd love to hear from you anyway. If there's anything that you wanted to um, follow, follow up and ask, just comment below on this video. I'd be really happy to, to come back and support you in helping make a decision. Or if there's anything from today's live that you found helpful, that you want to learn, learn a bit more about, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to chat. But for now, um, my name's David uh, at Velocity. I hope you're good. I hope you have a great day and I'll catch up with you soon. Bye for now.